All right, guys, welcome back. And yes, here we are continuing our study on the book of Numbers. You know, just yesterday we, we, we hustled through at the very, very tail end of the transition from Moses to Joshua. Now think about this. You know, finally, uh, Joshua gets to take the baton. He gets to say, okay, I'm going to be running in and, and Moses, is, his time is done. Does anybody know how old Moses was when he passed the baton? Like 123? 120. Where'd you come up with 123? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Aaron, I think, was 120. 120 years old. That, that's good, though. And remember, right before that, we talked about the inheritance of the land and how we talked about the five daughters, right? Remember of Zelophehad? And so uh, he, he, his daughters wanted to receive an inheritance. Then Joshua was commissioned to go take the land. So here's all this progression. Now, as you're getting ready to take the land, as you go into Numbers 28 and 29, you, you have this like, oh, really? Like, that's where we're going to go in Numbers 28? Like, I'm anticipating like a full-on battle already. You know, like, yeah, the guy's been commissioned instead. Look, in, in uh, Numbers 28, verse 1, this is what happens. The Lord spoke to Moses, and he commanded the, to, the Israelites and said to them, Be sure to present to me at its appointed time my offering and my food as my fire offering, a pleasing aroma to me. And then say to this, this is the fire offering you are to present to the Lord. And so then what he begins to get into is offerings. He begins to get into this this daily calendar, this festival calendar in 28 and 29. And and you're just kind of like, well, that's not a whole lot of action. But I'm telling you, this is the importance of what the Lord wants. Because otherwise you go back to the Zimri's and the Cosby's, right? Those folks who lose their focus and they begin to do false worship. So God is just continually integrating the value of a of his calendar as I go into the new land. So I think it's a pretty cool picture. So now here's what I'm going to do, guys. All right, I could use a little interaction here. I don't know how you're going to help me drawing. But we're going to do a full-on calendar of public sacrifices. Now, doesn't that just sound exhilarating? Woo! <laughs> All right, calendar of public sacrifices. And, and what we're going to get into is, again... We did a little bit, actually, we did a lot of this in Leviticus 23. But again, what you see in the Pentateuch is repetition. The Lord wants them to understand. Why? Because they complain all the time. <laughs> they, they forget all the time. And so when we get into this, watch this. Now I'm going I'm to kind of go in and out all throughout this thing. But Kevin, if you go to verse 3 of Numbers 28, it says, This is the fire offering you are to present to the Lord. Each day present two unblemished year-old male lambs as a regular burnt offering. Okay, so the occasion, here we go now. We're going to have a daily, okay, that's the occasion. And then we're going to have a chart that talks about how many bulls we kill, how many rams we kill, how many lambs we kill, and then how many goats. It's pretty wild, you guys, to see all of this unfold. So every day, now watch this. This is a test here for you guys, okay? Every day... How many, Taylor, I'm going to go to you. How many lambs are we supposed to kill? Six. Taylor, try it again. Kevin, help him, please. Two. Two. Yeah, so when it says, Taylor, in verse uh, three, every day present two unblemished year old male lambs. Were you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> are you lying? I, I didn't, didn't even know we just read that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so every day what you're going to see is, is that they have to, they have to kill two lambs, okay? This is through the burnt offering. Now remember that burnt offering is implying total dedication. Every morning and every evening, you are supposed to commit these things to the Lord. And so it's this mentality of, of like, I'm all in. 
And what you really see in Numbers 28 and 29 is, is that it's worship time. And so if you were to really categorize this whole thing, yeah, you can talk about public sacrifices, but really what the Lord's after is, I, w- I want you to worship me. And, and that's his heart behind all this. We're still in Numbers 28. And I want to jump ahead. Now, every, every Sabbath, okay, so once a week in verses 9 through 10. So Kevin, if you go to 9 and 10, again, I, I'm just, you're going to see a bigger picture here. And remember, the book is called Numbers, okay? So I'm doing this chart for a reason because not every time do you get an opportunity in the 66 books of the Bible to actually walk through a chart of how many things take place. So on Sabbath, you want to present two, Taylor, watch this please, okay? You're going to present two unblemished year-old male lambs, four quarts of fine uh, flour mixed with oil as a grain offering and a drink offering, and then verse 10, and then it is a burnt offering for every Sabbath, in addition to the regular burnt offering and its drink offerings. All right, so every day... And then every Sabbath, this is what this looks like. Now, let's keep going here if we can. Now, on the first day of the month, okay? So, on the first day of the month, what you're going to see here is an 11 through 15, two young bulls, one ram, seven male uh, lambs, a year old, all unblemished. Remember, no no defects at all. No crooked eyes. Remember that language we had? That No crooked eyes and the bad hooves. Uh, and then it continues on, and then it says, with six quarts of fine flour, gets into the fine flour, grain offerings, keep going, Kevin, if you would. And then it keeps going into the burnt offering, keeps going into these things, and then keep going to verse 14. And then don't forget, also, it just keeps going on. And then it just says, and one quart with each male lamb. And then verse 15, there's a lot here. And then one male goat is to be offered as a sin offering. So in your chart, every day you have two lambs, every Sabbath you have two. But then once on the first day of the month, Two bulls, one ram, seven lambs, and then we finally got ourselves a goat. Okay? So this is going to be our chart. It's a busy day. It's a crazy busy day. Now, sometimes, you know, when you go through these details, you're kind of like, I don't, I don't have the patience to go through this. Like, like this, is, this is the book of Numbers. This is what you're, at the very end, just watch how all of this ties together. And when, when I started seeing this, it, it meant me going through this process to get to the next phase, okay? So just just hang in here, all right? So now, as we're going to get to Exodus, uh, I keep saying Exodus, Numbers 28, Kevin, verse uh, 17 through 25, what we're going to start looking at here is Passover and also uh, unleavened bread, the festival of unleavened bread. Okay, so what you're going to see here in 17 and on, okay, now remember on the 14th day, right? That's Passover, so on the 15th day, so yeah, Kevin, good, thanks. On the 14th day, you're going to have Passover. On the 15th day, then you're going to see something that needs to take place for seven days. For the sake of time, I'm just going to walk you through this. You're going to see, again, two bulls, one ram, seven lambs, and one goat. Now, I have a chart right here, and I promise you, out of the five of us, by the end of this time, somebody's going to forget one of these. Anybody want to raise your hand? Which one we think it's going to, who's going to forget? <laughs> Taylor. Like, we're, we're all going to forget something. That's my point. And so here you have priests, here you have uh, the high priests, all their roles, the Levites, they're here to help you understand, help you to remember these specific roles. Because remember, priests start at the age of 25, they work all the way till they're 30, but then they start when they're 30, and then they retire when they're 50. Why? Because this isn't a crazy important role. You got 2 million people going through this process. You need to know the system. Now, all right, just keep going here, Kevin. We're going to then get into Pentecost, okay? So Pentecost, I'm still in 28. I haven't even started walking through in 29, which will make it a lot easier. 
But Pentecost, also known as the Feast of Weeks, again, what are the calendar of public sacrifices? Well, Pentecost, they are asking you to give up two bulls, one ram. Now we have seven lambs. And then again, we have one goat. Okay. Again, you can be like, gosh, man, this is, this is a lot. It's okay. Hang in here. Now we're going to begin to unfold scripture. And so this is your backdrop of Exodus. I'm sorry. Numbers. I don't know. Don't, who knows what's going on in my head? Numbers. That is Numbers 28. Now I want us to get into Numbers 29. I'm going to walk you through Scripture a little bit slower and a little bit more what this looks like. So they're supposed to keep this in mind, you guys, every single year. I'm already tired just writing these things down. I'm already tired thinking, is it a goat? Is it a bull? Like, where are all these animals constantly coming from? It's a lot of animals. It's a lot of animals, and we haven't even scratched the surface. Now, in Numbers 21, 29, verse 1, it says, You're to hold a sacred assembly in the seventh month on the first day of the month, and you are not to do any daily work. Now, Kevin, remember, you wanted us to practice this, right? Because like on this day, no work. This will be a day of jubilation. That would be a time for Kevin, you to get excited. That, hey, that's why he was cheering for this. Because you remember the days you don't have to work. I remember that. That's right. It's all, it's all coming back to me now, Kevin. All right. So what you're going to see in uh, Numbers 29 is that we're going to call this the Feast of Trumpets. Okay. The Feast of Trumpets, and that is 29, 1 through 6. In Pentecost, I didn't write that down, 28, 26 through 31. And then in Passover, you have 28, 17 through 25. All right, the Feast of Trumpets. You're to hold a sacred assembly. We already know this. And then in verse 2, it says, Offer a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And then here we go again. One young bull, one ram, seven male lambs, all unblemished. And then later on, as you'll find out, you also have to have one goat. Okay, so now here it's just one one, seven, and one. Wow. Okay, now this is kind of cool. Do you guys remember what the purpose of the trumpets, Feast of the Trumpets was for? This is kind of my favorite one, actually. There's multiple reasons of why you would blow a trumpet. One would be... To gather people. Yeah, absolutely. To gather and call everybody together. Number two, sound an alarm. Sometimes if it's uh, uh, like, hey, something's coming up. Or then the third one is you're actually announcing a battle. Short waves, remember to blow things, longer ways to blow things. Remember we talked about the editors and how they, they blow their shofars. Like the point is like, uh, this is a way you're going to get people's attention. Scripturally though, remember, we know that eventually all the Israelites are being scattered, but with time they're going to be regathered. Smaller scale at this point, the Feast of Trumpets, hey, everybody come on in. And then if you hold it longer, You know, if somebody's listening to that on radio, they'd be like, dude, totally changing the station right now. <laughs> like, you want to gather everybody together. Why? Because it all points to the coming Messiah. Kevin, can you go to Isaiah 27, verse 12? Isaiah 27, verse 12. This feast of trumpets that you have to every single year celebrate. It says, on that day, the Lord will thresh grain from the Euphrates River as far as the wadi of Egypt. And you Israelites will be gathered one by one in verse 13. And on that day, a great trumpet will be blown. And those lost in the land of Assyria will come, as well as those dispersed in the land of Egypt. And they will worship the Lord at Jerusalem on the holy mountain. There's going to be a great trumpet. And all of the Israelites, the Jews are going to be coming back to, you know, the motherland. I love this picture about what's coming up. But 
Let's take it to the new covenant just for a second. Matthew 24, Kevin, if you would, verse 29. Again, this feast of the trumpets that the Lord has instituted, implemented in the Old Testament. It's also a, a foreshadow of, of what's to come. And immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not shed its light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the celestial powers will be shaken. Scripture actually continues on into verse 31. Uh, you can go to verse 30, that's fine. Then the, son of the, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn and they'll see the Son of, Man, Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now watch, here it is. He will send out his angels with a loud trumpet. And what are they going to do? They will gather his elect from the four winds from on end of the sky, from one end of the sky to another. This feast of the trumpets. Yes, you're bringing your sacrifices, your bulls, your rams, your lambs and your goat, Right. But ultimately, this trumpet that is sounded at the beginning of, and I love this picture, the beginning of the new civil year, okay? Rosh Hashanah. This is what starts off the Israeli calendar is that you're saying, everybody, everybody, here we go. And I love this picture of ultimately, it's, it's going to lead to Christ coming back. If you go to 1 Thessalonians 4, you don't, you don't need to go there, Kevin. Again, it talks about calling all of the elect together and this feast of the trumpets as we walk through all of these scripture verses that's really all it's pointing to over and over and over this is pointing to christ uh kevin if we can let's keep going here uh let's go to this is kind of a fun one here let's go to uh the day of atonement okay so here we are in verse seven so the next one that they are told to implement the next one next festival Yom Kippur is literally considered the highest and the holy of all the holy days. Leviticus 16 uh, and Leviticus 23. You remember how you're supposed to cast all of your sins, right, on the scapegoat? And then the scapegoat takes off and then you kill one of them and then you send one of them off. That's what we're asking about. That's what we're beginning to celebrate. And so on the Day of Atonement, you have one bull, one ram, seven lambs, and then you have again one goat that's to be sacrificed on the state. Now, this is the public sacrifices. Tom, you and I were talking about this doesn't at all involve the private sacrifices that take place on the Day of Atonement. So, Kyle, uh, it talks about in addition to the sin offering, in addition to the fire offering, these numbers you're writing down, they're, they're accumulating up, right? Yeah, these are all adding up. In fact, I'll give you a number at the end, not only of the public sacrifices of what we think the priests are presenting, but then what you're talking about is the private offerings as well. That We are not adding these up that all of us are doing separately <laughs> along with what the priests are doing. This is the calendar of the public sacrifices. So, good question. Uh, so, I is who's paying for all these animals? <laughs> Like, are people donating that? Man, that's a great question. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, it's some, somebody's farm. Yeah, okay. I mean, real, the reality is uh, I've always wondered, based on how many animals are coming forward to this, that there's enough that it continues to happen. Yeah. And we're going to get to that at the very, very end of how much people are giving up on a consistent daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and then on a, on a, on a festival basis. I mean, it's pretty mind-blowing when you look at this. You're like, oh, yeah, that, that's a lot. But there's a lot to keep track of. And remember, when you start throwing in, oh, is this a sin offering or is this a burnt offering? Is this a grain offering or a wave offering? Is this a, you, know, you get into all these and you're like, dear Lord, where am I at right now? In Numbers 28 and 29, what the Lord tries to do is he tries to put a very simple structure together that leadership can implement when you begin to go into the land. Because he's afraid, and not the Lord's not afraid, he's nervous. <laughs> he knows that as soon as they walk into the land, Oh, no, 
hey, look, it's a Moabite. Wow. <laughs> or a Midianite, you know. Anyway, all right, so let's keep going here. So we've talked about the Feast of the Trumpets. We've talked about the Day of Atonement. Again, in Leviticus 23, it has a whole lot more substance on this. But we want to talk about the sacrifices, not necessarily what the actual event is. All right, so now go to verse 12, if you would, Kevin. And we're going to unfold here a really fun one, the Feast of Tabernacles. Kevin, you remember another name for the Feast of Tabernacles? Feast of Booths. Feast of Booths. And true or false, do they still celebrate this today? Yes. Yes. Taylor. One point for Taylor. It's (laughs) (laughs) 50-50. It's so wrong. All right. So in 29 verses 12, really, you guys, this carries you almost to the end. On a consistent basis in the Feast of Booths. Now, this is where I've totally messed up on my calendar here, okay? Because, check this out, okay, you're supposed to have first, second, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, seventh day, and then eighth day, okay? So during the seven days of, of a festival, and then you have an eighth day on afterwards, okay, check this out, though. On, on the first day, 13 bulls, okay? <laughs> Two rams, 14 lambs, you guys, 14 lambs, all of them unblemished, and then you throw in a goat. Now, on the second day, okay, and Scripture walks you all the way through this. And so, Kevin, if you would, would you go to verse 17? You're going to see this. I mean, this is how detailed Moses is in his writings, okay? Now he says 12 young bulls, 2 rams, 14 males, and then the goat. So basically what you're going to see is you're going to see consistency in every area except the amount of bulls. So on the third day, on verse 20... What do you know? They're going to go to 11 bulls they're supposed to sacrifice, two rams, 14 lambs, and one goat. Again, all unblemished, okay, which means no defect. They're trying to do everything they can to bring the most perfect animal to the table. Now, on the fourth day, here you have, Kevin, on verse 23. You have, you see where we're going, 10. It's like a big old countdown, okay, which I think is something really cool about that. I have a theory about that. 10 bulls, two rams. 14 male lambs, and then, and can I get a goat? <laughs> All right? Now you can so see. So when did they start this? Like how long, this is, he's initiating this now for the first time? He's implementing it. It hasn't happened yet. Because they haven't been doing this the whole 40 years. No, huh? Okay, I'm like, that's not going to work. So their herds have been building up a little bit. This, yeah, their herds have. Oh, that's a good point. Are they point. weeding out for what's to come type of thing? Well, the firstborns were all going to the Levites, so their herds would have been building. Genius. Good, good job, Kevin. All right, on the fifth day, here we go. Uh, good question, though. Verse 26, on the fifth day, present nine bulls. Remember, none of this has happened yet. The only one that we've really seen in full implementation is Passover, right? Remember? And then, then we talked about it, how it needed to happen again, okay? So on the fifth day, I need you to present nine bulls, two rams, 14 lambs, and one goat. And then here we go again. On the sixth day, in verse 29, it says, present eight bulls. And I just got to tell you, this is our daily reading today. I would love just to go to the Gospel of John and start preaching Jesus, <laughs> just so you know. Like, in my heart, I'm like, let's just talk about Jesus. But no, all the time on the sixth day, you're supposed to kill eight bulls, two rams, 14 lambs, all unblemished, and then you throw in one goat. I feel like it's a song. And you throw in one goat. All right, here we go. Keep going. On the seventh day of Christmas, kill seven bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, and one... Goat. Goat. <laughs> hey, Kevin. Hey, Drew, what's the line? Kevin. Goat. Oh, where's Kevin? Where's Kevin? It's from the movie of Up. Look, it's getting really bad when we're singing, and Kevin is singing, and Drew's calling people goats. All right, now on the seventh day, you have seven bulls, two 
uh, rams, 14 lambs, and one goat. Wow, you can see where we're going here. And then on the eighth day, it gets a lot, lot, lot less. On the eighth day, you have one, uh, one, one, seven, and one. All right. I want to just wrap all this up and I'm going to put all of this together. It's like, why, why go through this list of numbers? Remember, it's the book of numbers. Why go through all of this? Now, first of all, the scripture says in verse 39, you must offer these to the Lord at your appointed times in addition to your vow and free will offerings, whether burnt grain drink or fellowship offerings. So this is in addition to. These are the things of the in-betweens. <laughs> this is our structure you know, from a Christian perspective, this is your Christmas and your Easter. We're not told in Scripture to celebrate, just so you know, Christmas and Easter. You know that, right? These guys are told, you have to do this. You need to actually do Passover. You need to do Pentecost. You need to do the Feast of Trumpets. You need to do the Day of Atonement. You need to do the Feast of Tabernacles. And every day, every week, and every month, I also need you to do X, Y, and Z. It is literally a form of, mer- of worship. And then in verse 40, Moses told the Israelites everything the Lord had commanded. Everything the Lord had commanded him. They had said, and they're estimating this, Gordon Wenham, one of the commentators, over the course of the year, you could expect over 113 bulls to be killed, 1,086 lambs, tons of flour, thousands of bottles, and that's just what is prescribed. That's just the prescription. That's it. That has nothing to do with all of the, all of the Israelites doing their own killings. So it's crazy, you guys, how much all of this how much all of this points to Christ. And so I love what Warren Wearsby says. Like, what do you do with this? What do you do with, how is this practical? We just spent 24 minutes talking about numbers of bulls, rams, lambs, goats, singing, and trying to figure this out. And here's what I love is, is that first of all, all of this is fulfilled in Christ. All of these sacrifices are taken care of through Christ. Kevin, if you would go to Hebrews 10 verse 1. Remember this. Hebrews 10, verse 1, and I love how all of this, and this is important, since the law has only a shadow of the good things to come and not the actual form of those realities, it can never perfect the worshipers by the same sacrifices they continually offer year after year. Verse 2, otherwise wouldn't they have stopped being offered since the worshipers, once purified, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. Verse 3, but in the sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. They had to do this as a reminder that they sinned. They had to do this, that they needed a sacrifice in verse four. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls, the 13 bulls on day one of the Feast of Tabernacles, it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats, the one goat that's offered on the Day of Atonement, the one goat that's offered on the Feast of Tabernacles, it's impossible for that goat to take away the sins. So all of this, it still didn't work. And that's where I love when Jesus comes in and says, I will fulfill what this was attempting to do. And in verse 5 of Hebrews 10, it just builds his case. Therefore, as he was coming into the world, he said, you don't want sacrifice and offering, but you prepared a body for me. Verse 6, you did not delight in whole burnt offerings and sin offerings. You didn't even like doing this, just for the record. It's a lot. In verse 7, scripture says, then I said, see, it is written about me. In the volume of the scroll to do your will, God, verse 8, After he says above, you did not want or delight in the sacrifices and offerings, whole burnt offerings. He's already said that, which I think is bizarre because people didn't really want to do this. They didn't delight in this. It's a pain. Who who likes blood on their hands? Whole burnt offerings, sin offerings, which are offered according to the law in verse 9. And then he says, see, I, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first to establish the second. Verse 10. 
of Hebrews 10, by this will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And it really actually continues on in verse 11. It's a pretty powerful text. Now, every priest stands day after day, right? Ministering day after day. Their role is to minister and offering time after time the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Every day, two lambs. Every Sabbath, two lambs. On the first day of the month, two bulls, one ram, seven lambs, and one goat. And the scripture says this can never take away the sins. All of these patterns and routines, it doesn't work. Verse 12, but this man, after offering one sacrifice for sins, just one, just one sat down at the right hand of God. And so you want to know what I just what I love doing is, is it's just one time. One one time Jesus comes in one time and says, that's it. And he sits down at the right hand of God. Verse 13, scripture just says this. He is now waiting until his enemies are made his foot, footstool. Verse 14 for by one offering, he's perfected forever those who are sanctified. Just, just one. He is it. Verse 15. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. For after he says this, verse 16, this is the covenant I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts. I will write them on their minds. And in verse 17, scripture says, and he adds, I will never again remember their sins and their lawless acts. You know what that means? Once he's died one time, that one offering, that one sacrifice, I will never ever remember anything of your sins from the past. You don't have to bring a bull anymore. You don't have to bring a goat anymore. You don't have to bring a lamb anymore. And that's the craziest thing to me, that in the Old Testament, there's no more tabernacle. There's no more temple. There's no more way to actually make a sacrifice. And if there's no way to sacrifice a bull, a ram, a lamb, or a goat, guess what? You need an offering. You need a sacrifice. And Jesus says, I am that. I've taken away everything. So this list, this chart that God made, praise the Lord. But Jesus says, it doesn't, doesn't work anymore. I'm it. And then in verse 18, scripture just says this. Now, where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. And I love what Warren Wearsby says. He says, all of this calendar of public sacrifices in Numbers 29, all of it says it's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And I love number two. Wearsby says this. That, that This is pretty cool to me. That uh, we could not, the nation could not have functioned without the priests at that time. The nations needed, Israel needed the priests to come and fulfill all of these sacrifices and all of these offerings. And let's, let's just face it. Jesus is our high priest. He is our priest now that takes this away. In Hebrews 4, verse 14, if you'll go there, Kevin. So not only does Jesus fulfill all of these sacrifices... But he also fulfills the role as the priest. Isn't the craziest thing? He is the priest and the sacrifice. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to the confession. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tested in every way as we are yet without sin. And then in verse 16, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at a proper time. So Jesus becomes the sacrifice, and Jesus becomes the priest. And then the craziest thing of all of this, how does this happen? The third thing that Warren Weirdsby says is that sacrifices are extremely expensive. All of this, all of this is expensive. 
giving up bulls, giving up rams, giving up lambs, giving up goats every single year, every single day, every single week, every single month, every Passover, every Pentecost, every feast of the trumpets, every day of atonement. Man, I just gave it up, you know, for the feast of the tabernacles. Now I got to do it again. It's expensive. And that's what I love about what Jesus says. And Jesus just says, I'm giving up my life. Jesus gave it all up. It was the most expensive sacrifice that anybody could have. Jesus gave it up for us. And so when I, when I look at this, praise the Lord, we don't have to remember any of this. We literally can come before Jesus because we know he's going to give up himself so that we can go back to him. All right, this is Numbers 29, Numbers 30. There's a lot there as well. But hey, what do you know? Lesson 89 is in the books and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks.